my frustration with the Packers, and maybe Rodgers' frustration too, it's not necessarily tied to one event, but it's simply the entire last 10 years where we're just left thinking, like, figure it out. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. day I was a cross-country runner. I still enjoy a nice run from time to time, not as far or as often as I used to. But back in the day, I was a cross-country runner, something that I'm proud of. A lot of uh, people give me flack for that. <clears throat> Zach Heilbrin. But I'm proud of my cross-country roots. And there's something important about cross-country I want to share, all right? You could go out and run six miles right now, Okay. Like, if you are a a competent human being with even a shred of good health, you could go out and run six miles right now. Yes, you could. And you're thinking, no, Grant, no way. Yeah, yes. Yes, you could. 100% capable. It's mental. You just got to mentally get through it. You got to tell yourself, I can do this. I got a little bit of a side slip. Okay, slow down. Fight through that cramp. You could run six miles. It's a mental thing. You got to pace yourself mentally. That's kind of where I'm at with this Aaron Rodgers stuff right now. Like earlier this morning, I was scrolling through Twitter and I'm like, I I can't do this all summer. Are you kidding me? I can't be checking my Twitter, checking the news every hour of every day, seeing if there's anything new about this Aaron Rodgers stuff. I I can't do this. And then I thought, you know what, Grant? You're a cross-country guy. You get this more than most. It's a mental game, right? Folks, folks, we got to dig in. All right, we got to get comfortable, crack a beer, put your feet up, because I, I think we're going to be doing this for a while. We're going to be checking Twitter, turning on SportsCenter, listening to our fearless leader, Zach Heilprin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone updates for any bit of news that comes out of either Green Bay, comes out of Aaron Rodgers' camp, comes out of A.J. Hawk or James Jones or any... Ugh. Yes, it might seem exhausting on its face, like a six-mile run. But let me tell you, as somebody who used to run six miles four or five times a week, you can do it. It's really not that hard. It's it's mental. You got to get the right mindset. So I'm working on that today. I'm doing my best to get in the right mindset. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, former cross-country runner, Grant Bills. Track runner too, but cross-country is a little bit more applicable. I was also a swimmer, which same kind of thing. Swimming is even maybe more miserable. You don't get to talk with your friends. You don't get to be out in nature. You're just staring at a tile pool. I have the mental wherewithal to dig in and outlast this scandal. This is not going to burn me out. This is not going to stress me out. Nay, I was a swimmer. I was a runner. I am am born for this. It's all about the mindset. We are going to talk Packers today. I I think we're going to talk Packers probably every day for the foreseeable future, to quote Packers general manager Brian Gutekinds. But that's not all I want to discuss today. We're going to talk with David Gasper, reviewing the brew, coming up at 5.30. Talk Brewers, some news yesterday. Some players returning to the lineup, Yelich and Kane. Some players leaving the lineup. Keston here has been sent down to the minors. I want to talk about that and more with David Gasper at 530, including how I think Brewers fans, we need to take a deep breath. I think we need to adjust how we watch this team, and I'm looking forward to a candid conversation with David Gasper, our buddy, good, good friend of the show, coming up at 530. At 430, so in about a half hour, we're going to speak with Matthew Collar of Purple Insider. Covers the Vikings. He does excellent work. So we're going to talk a little bit of Vikings, too, Uh, But he, of course, can also speak to the Packers and everything else in the NFL just from a slightly different perspective than maybe we can, which is really, really helpful. 
Uh, Matthew's one of my favorite people to follow and read. Uh, he does his own thing, Purple Insider. You can subscribe to it. You can follow him on Twitter. I would highly recommend it. He's one of the better football people that I like to, to read and to follow. And we'll speak with him in about a half hour. Very excited for that. In the meantime, I want to get into the Packers. Your texts and tweets welcome, 608-796-2558. You can tweet at me, at Wisco Grant, or you can just sit back and listen. I want to make that very clear about this show and about all sports radio. Like, yeah, I say the phone number. You can call in. You don't have to. Just kick back and enjoy the show. You're welcome to enjoy and, and be a part of things that way as well. You don't, you don't have to text or tweet in. Just kick back and enjoy and, and observe this train wreck for the— for the next two hours. I, I know this Aaron Rodgers story is being done to death, but it is the story. We have to talk about it. If I led the show with Brewers today, I'd enjoy it, and we like the Brewers, but come on. That's not the big story today. And I, it's very important to me that we start this show at 4.02 with the biggest story of the day because that's when I think people turn on their radio or they turn on the stream, however you listen, and think, oh, my God, this is the story today. I, I'm excited to hear what Grant has to say about that. I'm excited to hear what the tweets and the texts and the calls, what's the buzz about this story? And I never want it to be the scenario where you tune in at 4.02 p.m. And you're like, oh, my God, why is he talking about this? And today the story is Aaron Rodgers. And sorry to break it to you, but it's probably going to continue to be the story for the rest of this week and probably a lot longer. All right, so for the foreseeable future, to once again quote BG, our guy Brian Gudekinst, we'll probably start most of these shows in the next couple weeks with an update on Aaron Rodgers, if there's anything. And then from there, we'll see where the show goes. We're not going to dwell on it endlessly. We're not going to obsess over it, but we are going to get our updates every day. And then, of course, mix in the Brewers, the Bucks, whatever else comes up. But our jumping off point will be Aaron Rodgers. Our diving board will be Aaron Rodgers. And then at that point, we splash into the deep end of whatever's going on in Wisconsin sports. Today, that's the Brewers, a little bit of Bucks, and some excellent, excellent guests. It's a two-guest show, as I tweeted out about an hour ago. I love a two-guest show. And it's not at all related to me doing less work. No, 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 no. That's not, that's, that's not at all it. To revisit where we started yesterday, pushed back a little bit on the idea of Team Rogers versus Team Packers. First of all, the idea that, that there are teams in the first place is a little bit dumb. I understand it because it's human condition. That happened in 2008 with Favre. It's happening again. But I, I would push back on that a little bit. I don't think we need to split into factions. Like, remember Twilight fandom when those books and those movies were a thing? Kristen Stewart and Taylor Lautner. It's like Team Edward or Team... What's the other guy's name? Edward and the, the werewolf. What was his name? I don't know. Jacob? It was so stupid looking back. Like if aliens landed on earth and they're like, so what do you guys do here? I would never bring that up ever. Like that one year where we argued about vampires versus werewolves and what team we're on. I kind of feel the same way about the Packers. We're all on the same team. Team, get to another Super Bowl, please and thank you. Rodgers, the Packers front office, ideally would be pulling in the same direction. Not the case right now, but I'm not going to pick a side because both sides are being stupid. Both sides are being dumb, right? The front office should be a little bit better at placating their Hall of Fame quarterback. Give him a heads up on some things. Make him feel part of the process. And you're not going to let him sign free agents, but God, you think you could say something in the hallway like, hey, Aaron, we're talking to this free agent. What do you think? Oh, I love him. He's really good. Of course he is. We're going to let you know. We'll make you feel part of the process. Hey, keep it in this circle of communication. Not unreasonable at all. Very easy for Brian Gutekinds and Mark Murphy. They dropped the ball in that regard. Now, Rodgers, 
shouldn't demand new deals three years in advance, as he's been doing. And you should never, never advocate for a general manager to be fired. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm hoping it's not true. But if it is true, come on. Come on. Right? Be reasonable. Neither side is being reasonable. Both sides are being dumb to the point where even Mike Florio agrees. Mike, Minnesota Vikings Florio, pro football talk on Twitter. You might know him better. You might watch him on pro football talk on, was on NBC Sports? Is it now on, on Peacock? Something like that with Chris Sims? I don't know. His article today, Packers fans have reason to be mad at everyone. The lead, question, should Packers fans be upset with Aaron Rodgers or the team? Answer, both. Well done, Mike Florio. You're welcome on the Wisco Sports Show anytime. Mike Florio is pointing it out. You know that it's true. The front office, they're being egotistical, unreasonable maniacs. Aaron Rodgers maybe being a little bit unreasonable. Both sides need to cool it just a little bit. Just take a pill. Now, that was yesterday. Today is a new day. The thing today, I don't know if you've seen this or heard this, the thing is percentages. Everybody's got a percentage. My God, if you don't have a percentage, you're a nobody. I felt like a nobody. Every Wisconsin media member is just throwing it out there. Rob Domofsky on Twitter today, oh, it's a give or take, five, 5%. 5% Aaron Rodgers will be back. I give it a very small chance. I'm pretty sure Bill Michaels got involved the other day. Bill Michaels is like, yeah, 20, 20%. Uh, 20% chance he'll be back. Smoking pot. Yeah. 20, 20, 20% back. I don't know where any of these numbers are coming from. Right? Now, yesterday on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, I tweeted out 63.5%. No validity at all. I just, I really don't like missing out. I like to feel like I'm a part of things. Uh, it's one of the very, very many weaknesses of my generation. We get FOMO, fear of missing out. I saw everybody else tweeting percentages, so I got inv- I involved myself. I didn't wait for an invite. 63.5%. Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers. That's my, that's my number. That's my shot. I'm calling it like Jake Taylor and Major League. Now, Peter King, who's more of a national insider than Rob Domofsky, although Rob is a big deal, and Bill Michaels is too, but Peter King, not just in the umbrella of the Packers of Wisconsin sports, but football as a whole, on uh, Dan Patrick yesterday, who I know is on here in lacrosse and on the zone in Madison, and on, uh, or not on the zone in Madison, but on Sports Talk 105.1 in Eau Claire. Um, I like listening to Dan Patrick. He's one of the more relaxing voices in sports. Not nearly as whiny or grating as me. Peter King went on with uh, Dan Patrick yesterday morning and was giving out percentages, giving out predictions. Here's Peter King. Is Aaron Rodgers the starting quarterback for the Packers week one? My bet would be no. I mean, I, ju- I don't see it. I just think this is going to get particularly ugly. Um, there's not going to be any media people who are going to have any vacation between now and Labor Day weekend. Sorry, everybody. At some point, um, I think Green Bay's might have to come to the realization that they're either going to be playing Jordan Love or if they think he's not ready, they got to go find somebody. So Peter King continues to talk, like maybe an Andy Dalton, maybe a Nick Foles, although that I don't know how that would work. That would be really, really weird. Peter King saying, I, I think he's gone. I think he's out. Rob Domofsky, a more local source, I mentioned, given this, like, 5% figure. Who's the quarterback for the Packers week one, Rob? Bob. <laughs> um, I, I don't know who it is, but I don't think it's Aaron Rodgers. I think there's a less than 5% chance that it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I'd say it's 50-50 that it's Jordan Love. And I say that because, Dan, he, this was never the plan to get him ready for 2021. It was 2022. He was the third stringer last year. Like, he wasn't even active on game day, so this wasn't the plan. I think they almost have to go out and get 
Um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's this guy because he's under contract with another team, but an, an Andy Dalton type of player, a Joe Flacco type oh. of player, someone that a veteran that can come in, learn the system quickly uh, and, and help and then bridge the gap between Rodgers and Love. This is why the Jordan Love pick was okay in theory, a good idea, but just garbage in practice. This was never going to go smoothly, right? Ideally, we wait two years. Rodgers just peacefully goes away. He's fine with it. He'll give up his job, right? That, that'll that happen. Sure, yeah. Jordan Love turns out to be great. Steps right in. No issues. Where the much more likely scenario involved Jordan Love not being good, not being ready, so you have to get Andy Dalton, and Aaron Rodgers getting ticked. Or in this case, all three at once. Andy Dalton? My God, I thought this whole thing was so we never run out of competent quarterback play, and now we got to go get Andy Dalton? Okay, not the point. The, the, the point is, Rob Domofsky saying, oh, 5%. Peter King saying, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he'll be back. Now, I don't have any inside information. I don't know anyone. I'm a radio rube. But I do think I can view all of this from a distance and piece it together somewhat. This morning, I got after it. I listened to so many shows. I was on with Ebo after 7 a.m. I was listening to Dave Carney here in La Crosse during 8 a.m. And then I tuned in for a few minutes this morning. Our friend Bart Winkler, after 9 a.m., he was speaking with Peter Bukowski. Peter Bukowski, a very prominent member of Packers Twitter, blogger, writer, podcaster, right? New Wave Media, or whatever they call it. Does the Lockdown Packers podcast. And he brings, call it a unique perspective, I, I would say at times a Homer perspective, which, which is fine. I'm, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I think he typically sides with the Packers and what they do being right. That's typically the perspective from which he comes. His point this morning, and it was made on Bart's show. I want to make sure I'm giving credit, although I listened to like four different shows this morning because I was trying to get as many perspectives as possible. Peter Bukowski's point on the chances ret- Rodgers returns to Green Bay, I think it's a good one. He said that the chances he's back, greater than 5%, as Rob Demosky mentioned, but less than 51%. Meaning, it's it's not as bad as people are saying, but there's still a really good chance, almost a, a greater than 50% chance, that he won't be back. Right? right? So Peter is basically saying, it's not as doom and gloom as some people would say, but Packers fans, take this seriously. This is legit. This is very real. Maybe it's slightly exaggerated, but this is a thing. And it's not going away. And to say that it's just for ratings, just for clicks, that's not true. So I like that figure. Keeping in mind that figure. Greater than 5%, less than 51%, which is just a a, a way of generically saying it's not as bad as people think, but it's still bad. What, realistically, can the Packers do? Right? That, That becomes the next step. Now, I think the first step is to try to call his bluff, and I think they're in the process of that right now. There's no urgency right now. They can sit back, try to communicate through this, try to talk him off the ledge, try to relax the situation. And then they have about a month until June 1st when the financials on this change a little bit. I think they're going to try to call his bluff for as long as they possibly can. Now, at some point, they could trade him. And I've seen Tom Silverstein, who is probably the Packers reporter I respect the most. I've seen him write about this. Ty Dunn, who's been a guest on the show, wrote a long piece at his uh, independent venture, Go Long TD, which is all long-form football journalism. He's awesome. He says the Packers should just do this, rip the Band-Aid off, and trade him. We might get there. And if they do, 
right? It's probably going to be post June 1st this year, which is only a month away, which is insane because it costs them less money to do so. I also think there's a world in which they they ride this out through the season. They're like, yo, Rogers, if you want to sit out, if you want to retire for a year, be our guest and we'll trade you next year when it's much more viable for us financially. And we'll see if he really has the stones to sit out for a year like Carson Palmer did. Right? And if somebody wants to trade for him in the middle of the season, maybe they'll humor that or, or who knows. That's where I, I think they're at right now. They're biding time. They're, they're in the process of calling his bluff. And I think if no move is done you know, immediately when June begins, I think they're going to plan to ride this into the season. And if Rodgers doesn't show up, okay, they'll proceed without him. And then they'll trade him next year, which was the plan anyways. It would just be much more ideal if Rodgers would play this year, especially considering the Packers are really good. And the Packers have the second best odds in the NFC to make the Super Bowl. It would seem like kind of a waste for Rodgers to sit at home. But Rodgers is pretty principled, so who knows? Maybe he would. Let's take a break. I want to talk a little bit about the draft. A couple of minutes on the Packers draft, completely aside from Rodgers. We're done talking about Rodgers for 10 minutes, I promise. And then we'll speak with our buddy Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, coming up at 435. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, rolling on. We're done with the Rogers talk for a few minutes. So if you've been beating over the head with that all day, if you're sick of talking about it, it's your lucky day or it's your lucky 10 minutes. We're going to get back into it before too long, though. <laughs> We'll get right back into it. Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, will join us coming up in about 12 minutes. Matthew covers the Vikings. He has for a while. He's doing his own thing. Purple Insider is fantastic. I like reading his stuff. He's a great follow. And I like the way he thinks about football. I'm excited to have him coming up in 12 minutes. We will talk Packers. Yes, I want to ask him a Vikings question or two. Most importantly, I think he brings a different perspective to the Packers than I do, or we do, because we're Packers fans. And I think he brings a different perspective to the rest of the league as well because he covers and follows a different team. So Matthew Collar, up in about 12 minutes. My name is Grant Bills. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text the show at 608-796-2558 if you want to be a part of the show that way. Trish says, Gutekinst better have bolstered that O-line or whomever is in at quarterback is in for a butt kicking. I mean, the Packers front office is going to put it all on Jones. Actually, that sounds about right. Uh, the Packers front office is actually taking it very easy on Jones in conjunction with their coaching staff. McCarthy didn't like to beat him up. I think Matt LaFleur, the drafting of A.J. Dillon, right? They've shown that they really want to protect him. I wouldn't be too worried about Aaron Jones, but if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play this year and it's Jordan Love or somebody else, of course I'm worried about the offensive line, but I'm, I'm worried about the wide receiving core too. With a young quarterback like that, you need dynamic weapons, guys who can get open. I know Adams can get open. But what if Adams gets hurt, right? You're left with MVS, who, yes, is fast and big, and I like him, but he doesn't get open very quickly. He's going down the field. He's running deeper routes that take longer to develop. Funchess, much of the same. I don't know about Equinemius St. Brown. I have no clue. And Amari Rogers is going to be a rookie. I probably worry more about the wide receivers and the weapons, quote-unquote, than I do about the offensive line. The Packers have always shown a good propensity to, to take care of that. Thank you for the text, Trish. Josh tweets in, and this is a school of thought that I don't ascribe to, but some of you might. Josh says, screw Aaron Rodgers. His job is to play football, and that's it. He isn't a GM or a front office worker. He only needs to worry about playing football. That's it. And some of you might feel that way. 
I'm a little bit frustrated with Aaron Rodgers. I, I think his frustrations aren't unfounded. I think Brian Gutekunst has found ways over the last few years to stick his finger into Aaron Rodgers' Cheerios when he hasn't needed to. Drafting Jordan Love is one thing. I think we saw that Aaron Rodgers was kind of at peace with that last year. I don't think he was overly upset with the drafting of Jordan Love. I think it's how it happened. They didn't let him know. They didn't keep him in the loop. And to me, that's just Brian Gutekinds going out of his way to be kind of a jerk. And Brian Gutekinds in his presser this weekend is like, yeah, in hindsight, I should have let him know. You think? Look, I get trolled all the time. Hey, Grant, what'd you go to school for? What are you going to school for? Oh, communications. Oh, what the hell do you do with that? I don't know. Let my quarterback know that I'm drafting his replacement. That's a good first step. I thought that was common sense, but maybe you need to go to school for four years and study communications to understand that. Just let the guy know it's not hard. I don't think Aaron Rodgers' complaints and frustrations are unfounded. I think he's being dramatic, and I think the Packers are being dramatic too. Josh, you seem ready to move off Aaron Rodgers. I think that would be a travesty the way this team has been constructed financially and with the talent that's on the team because they're ready to go, man. They're loaded. They're a really, really good team. So I hope he's back this year. Next year, I think the Packers want to move on anyway. So <laughs> I think that was, that writing was always on the wall. I do want to talk more about the Packers, but less about Rodgers. We did just have the draft. I, I want to talk about Eric Stokes for a few minutes before we take a break, both as a player and as a pick, right? The, the actual player, Eric Stokes from Georgia, the skills that he has, the player, I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about the pick, the process that Green Bay follows and used to select a player at 29 to play cornerback because t- there are two different things and they tell us two different things about the Packers this upcoming season. Let's start with the, the, the player, right? 90th percentile athlete, He's young. He's really young. Like, that was, that was Kenny Clark's story, too. He runs a 40 and 4-2, which I, means nothing to me, but that's fast. He has all the traits, right? He has all the tools to be a really good corner. Sure, he's not polished. But drafting Eric Stokes, the player, means for this upcoming season, the ceiling has been raised on the secondary, right? Let's say they don't take a corner at all in this draft. They don't do anything, uh, a la what they did with wide receiver a year ago. You are then hoping on Kevin King to stay healthy for this entire season, which is a long shot, and you're hoping that he performs well, which is a long shot, especially after that NFC Championship game. You're also hoping that Josh Jackson can put it together in some way and that Kadar Holman is at least a halfway respectable backup. You're also hoping that Jair still plays fantastic and stays healthy. Football's a physical game. Neither one is a given. Right? Do you see? There's a lot of question marks involved in this Packers secondary without Eric Stokes. So the player raises the ceiling considerably, right? I'm no longer dependent on Kevin King to be amazing or Kadar Holman or Josh Jackson. There's another player in the mix that that I can cheer for and that can be a contributor. Possibly a starter, possibly not. It's another option that helps the Packers. Now, the pick. Let's just think of him as a cornerback in general at pick 29 at the end of the first round. This is maybe the most Packers selection possible, except for a third-string quarterback. The Packers don't draft for need, and they will tell you obnoxiously. Like a Packers fan will tell you if they were around in the 70s and the 80s. The Packers will beat you over the head with the fact that they don't draft for need. Until they need a cornerback, then they have no problem drafting for need. Zero problem at all. Think of the last few years. The Packers have gone out of their way to not draft for need, as to almost give a middle finger to anybody. It's like, oh, you want to stick wide receiver? Screw you. We'll take a running back, a tight end, and uh, how about another tight end? Oh, another tight end, and a quarterback. You can kiss us in the you-know-what. They go out of their way to not draft for need. To their own detriment, I think, at times. Except at corner. But we don't draft for need. Unless we need a corner. Then we'll take three. 
right? I hate how the Packers have done cornerbacks the last five or six years. It's not sustainable. And the way that they handle the cornerback position creates crazy fluctuation in the secondary. Let's think of this. Going back to, what, 2014, 2015? To fill drastic needs at corner, they've gone to Marius Randall, Quentin Rollins, Kevin King, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson, five players in the first and the second round, and only one of them has turned out to be any good. Kevin King was fine, but when it mattered most, he turned into a a wet bag of trail mix. He was terrible in that NFC Championship game. The Packers wait until dire straits at cornerback to address it, and then they end up putting all of their eggs in a basket like Eric Stokes. And I like Eric Stokes, but the hit rate on cornerbacks at pick 29 to 32 isn't great. I just gave you a laundry list of players they've tried in that neighborhood. Very few of them have worked. None of them have worked. Jair Alexander's the only one who worked, and he was a top 15, top 18 pick. I forget where they traded back up to. After they moved down to the Saints, they moved back up with Seattle. Right? It's just not a sustainable way to find good corners, and it bothers me because it creates crazy fluctuation at a really, really important position. Cited for Eric Stokes, I hate the process behind how they build that position, a really important position. Let's take a break. We'll get Matthew Collar on the horn, Purple Insider, talk Packers, talk Vikings, and NFL Draft. Coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, rolling on. We made it through five more minutes. Another commercial break. No Packers news. No Aaron Rodgers news. No, we're still doing good. I checked. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We're going to talk Brewers in an hour from now with our friend David Gasper of Reviewing the Brew. We got to talk about Rodgers. We got to talk about the Packers. I'm sure some of you are tired of it. It would just be irresponsible to talk about anything else. But we're going to do the Brewers for just a couple of minutes towards the end of the show. So if you're sick of the Rodgers stuff, don't worry. I got you about an hour. Right now, uh, has become one of my favorite guests, Matthew Collar of Purple Insider, who I think I had on last year kind of just as a whim before a Packers-Vikings game. And I'm like, this guy is awesome. And then he started showing up in other podcasts I listened to, and he's slowly become one of my favorite football people. Matthew, how are you? I'm sure you've been resting the last couple of days. It's hard work around the draft for football reporters like you. Oh, man, no, there's no rest. We got draft stuff, you know, draft picks to break down. We got takes to have. The Vikings decided they didn't want their future franchise quarterback, and instead they wanted the next Brett Hundley here or something like that. So, uh, or, or Deshaun Kaiser, that's, who, that's basically who they've got. So, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it doesn't stop for me, man. I really think that the post-draft buzz on these things is always kind of fascinating. I, quick question, before I ask you about your, your piece, you just wrote a piece about the Vikings' new quarterback, Kellen Mond, what it means for Kirk Cousins and whether or not it was a good call. Do you ascribe to the idea that you can evaluate a draft class instantly, or do you have to wait two or three years? Because this was a debate I saw this weekend and early this week. Which side of that debate do you fall on? Well, I would say this, that you're doing an absolute disservice to everyone that listens to you if you're not evaluating what your team just did. And and if you're, if you're saying, like, oh, I'll wait tell you in 2024, mm-hmm. did anyone tell me about the 2016 draft this year? Because <laughs> I don't remember that. I, You know, it's just sort of funny. I think, like, what are you, like 80 years old if you think of things that way? I mean, look, like, we can't effectively say how all these things will turn out. 
I mean, so how about this? I mean, the Vikings draft a first-round corner that we were all uh, giving them high grades for last year, and then he has a terrible season and commits a domestic assault, allegedly, in the offseason. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that you can't see coming. But can you judge the process of what your team did? Of course you can. Can you look at your team and say uh, the Vikings got great value by trading down, taking their left tackle, and then getting two third-round picks? Yes, you can. Can you say the Vikings probably made a mistake by not jumping over the Bears or topping the Bears' offer and getting Justin Fields? You absolutely can. That doesn't mean I'm sure Justin Fields or Mac Jones becomes the greatest quarterback in NFL history. It's just that when you judge the process, you can, you, you can absolutely evaluate what your team decided to do. Well, I'm glad that you say that because right before you came on, I just talked about the Packers' first-round pick for a few minutes, Eric Stokes. And here's a process question for you, okay? The Packers don't draft for need. Or they're all, they say best player available, which I think is just their way of saying they draft who they want, right? Whether they fit a need at the moment, the, the Packers draft who they want. I don't always agree, but they have their way of doing things. They don't draft for need except for when they need corners. Then they will use every premium pick on a corner. We Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, Kevin King. I don't like that they do that because they wait, unlike the Vikings who take a corner almost every year, they wait until dire straits at the cornerback position, and then they put all of their eggs in the basket of, you know, Josh Jackson or Kevin King, and now Eric Stokes. I don't like that process. What did you think of the process of the way the Packers went about at least the first or, or first or you know first couple rounds of that draft, uh, Eric Stokes included? Yeah, you know, I think that uh, anytime you draft a wide receiver, a corner, or a quarterback in the first round, I have a tough time being mad at you because. Those positions are so valuable, and usually it's hard to find those guys around. They're not like running backs. And, you know, look, sometimes there's your exception to every rule. Stephon Diggs was a fifth-round pick. But a lot of times, if you're going to get a star wide receiver, a star corner, you've probably got to take them pretty high. So if they evaluated Stokes and said, yeah, we've got to get this guy because, you know, maybe the the talent of corner drops off big time after that, which is a factor, I could see it. The one thing that I don't – quite understand is just the last couple of years of drafting and not trying to help Aaron Rodgers as much as you can. Uh, I would give the Atlanta Falcons a ton of credit for not creating the controversy and drafting their next quarterback and saying, no, look, we're going to ride this Matt Ryan thing out. We're going to give him everything he needs. And then when that's over, that's over. And we'll deal with the quarterback situation. I, I I like the way that they handled that by getting Kyle Pitts. But it feels like with Aaron Rodgers, they've been almost purposefully going out of their way to show Aaron Rodgers that he's not the general manager. And I don't really get that because, like, in the NBA, LeBron James was pretty much allowed to run every team that he ever played for. And, you know, it didn't work out too bad. Mm -hmm. A lot of championships there, right? I mean, and the same thing with Tom Brady. He goes to Tampa Bay, and they're like, so, Tom, what can we do for you? Oh, Gronkowski sounds good. Oh, Antonio Brown sounds good. You want us to draft a tackle? Great. Here you go. I don't understand why the process wouldn't be we need to do everything possible to help Aaron Rodgers and make him happy, but uh, it just seems like they've already sort of committed to the bit here. Well, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider and former radio guy in the Twin Cities, which I love. I saw you had Rami Makloff on your podcast earlier this week or or the last pod that you did, one of the last pods that you did. Um, And Rami's been on this show to talk twins, and now he's back in Milwaukee. So I I like talking to radio people as well. I wanted to get your opinion as a Minnesota guy – as a, as a slight outsider, somebody who follows the game even, you know, more closely than I do, but has a different perspective, because it seems to me like, I, I can't believe you draft Jordan Love and you don't let Rodgers know, like give him a heads up. I'm not saying that Rodgers should be given personnel control. 
right? I get some texts and some tweets and calls during the show where you're like, well, you can't let Rodgers run the show. No, no one's saying that. No one's saying that Rodgers should get, you know, choices of who he can bring in, but you got to make him feel heard. You got to make him feel appreciated. And for Brian Gutekinds in this last weekend's press conference to basically say, my bad, I really wish I would have let him know about Jordan Love, that's inexcusable to me. I don't know how you do that. No, that's right. And the interpersonal communication part of handling players is the reason that Stephon Diggs is not a Minnesota Viking anymore. And they got incredibly lucky to get Justin Jefferson. But imagine if they hadn't. Imagine if they had picked Jalen Rager instead. Mm-hmm. Or or if the, you know, if the Philadelphia Eagles had taken Jefferson, we're sitting here never letting it go that Stephon Diggs led the NFL in receiving uh, because they wouldn't hear him out. He, he, he had thoughts on how they should change their offense and they should focus it more around passing the ball to he and Adam Thielen. They wouldn't listen to him, and so now he's a Buffalo Bill, and guess what? It worked out pretty good for him. I, you know, when people say you can't let a star player run the show, my question is why not? Yeah. I mean, okay, he's, he's not scouting everyone, but also his favorite receiver last year was, I believe, Justin Jefferson. So maybe he is scouting everyone effectively. But I, I don't know why not. There is no more valuable player to you than Aaron Rodgers. It's not close. I have no idea who would even be second. I mean, this is a a person capable of winning you a Super Bowl championship. And, I mean, unless he's asking for absolutely ridiculous things, but he's not. He's asking for a number two wide receiver, right? I mean, so I've never really understood this, um, that sometimes it's small things you can do like, uh, you know, not cut Jordy Nelson a few years ago, or I guess he likes this fourth wide receiver or something. <laughs> Jake like, Kumaro. Is that, right. Is, is that important to you? My thing is, why is that so important to you? It's because a lot of these people have insane egos, and so they're saying, no, sorry, I'm in charge. But it's really Aaron Rodgers is the reason you win, and you should never, ever forget that. And I think that coaches forget that sometimes. I think general managers forget that sometimes. The reason you win is the players. It's not, it's not because you're such a genius general manager. And I'll tell you, if Jordan Love doesn't work out, they could draft all the corners in the world. It mm-hmm. won't freaking matter. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm, and I'm glad you're coming on strong. You say, why can't you give Rodgers, you know, why can't you let him call the shots? It's, to me, it's not even about call the shots. If, if the options are let him know that you're drafting Jordan Love or lose him, I don't know why that conversation of just a heads up, I don't really know why that's such a big deal. It's the principle. It's, it's the ego of the thing. Matthew Collar Purple Insider. So the Vikings get Christian Derrissaw in the first round, and they trade back. They, they get their guy, and they get more picks. That's great. The Packers get an offensive lineman in the second round, a center, which I don't love with a premium pick, but I guess he can play multiple interior spots, which is cool. They get a, another Ohio State center to presumably start and take over for, for Lindsley. I, I wanted to ask you about offensive line because I know this is a big topic with Vikings fans, and if there's Vikings fans listening, this is probably something they'd be interested in. They're pleading, you got to fix the O-line, you got to protect Kirk, you got to work on that. And I agree to an extent. Like, you can't start Dakota Dozier. But I think fans, Vikings fans included, sometimes don't realize that quarterbacks largely control the pressure and how they deal with it. And wide receivers can help alleviate that pressure as well. Can you speak to that and how, yeah, you can fix the O-line all you want, but it's not always going to fix your offense the way that you think? Yeah, you know, I think that there are just varying degrees of this. And, like, so with Kirk Cousins, the bar that is set for what you need as an offensive line is extremely high. I mean, think about even in Washington, Kirk Cousins got sacked and pressured a pretty high amount, and they had Trent Williams and Brandon Sheriff and uh, his incredible offensive line, and still 
he would get pressured quite a bit. I don't think his pressure rates are that different now than from what they were in Washington. Um, so yeah, the quarterback absolutely controls a large percentage of the pressure, and Kirk Cousins being slow to release the football is just nothing. You know, nothing is ever going to change. That's who he is. That's how he plays the position. There's always going to be his strip sacks and fumbles because he's hanging on to it too long. Um, but I also think that you should be striving to reach that bar because if you have a one single weak link, it's going to really impact Kirk Cousins. And I think that in key moments it did. He still had good numbers overall last year, but when it came to third and long or something like that, big situations in the game, final drive against uh, Chicago, for example, where you know they have a chance to go down and win the game and Kirk's pressured and that's just it. I mean, he isn't able to escape even like a Rodgers, who's not a running quarterback, but can really escape the pocket. Um, even Patrick Mahomes, you wouldn't call him a running quarterback, but he moves. Uh, Kirk Cousins does not move at all. So I think there's there's different standards. Um, we sort of look at the PFF grades and say, oh, your offensive line was 29th or 4th or whatever, and, and just kind of leave it at that. But I think for the Vikings, they have to be an above-average offensive line. What's interesting about this, though, is, it's not super likely that they will be this year unless mm-hmm. Christian Derrissaw is amazing and, and Wyatt Davis is amazing. I don't think that either one of those guys will be in their first year. At least the odds don't point that way. So they're still, they didn't go out and spend in free agency to make sure the line was going to be good. And so I still have some pretty serious questions. It would be really ironic, though, if the line grew together and was amazing just at the time they were getting rid of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> That would that would be very, very funny. I the, the last thing I want to point out, and we'll stay on offensive line, Matthew Collar, last question, then I'll let you go. I So David Bakhtiari gets hurt, right? And he misses the game. And a lot of Packers fans have looked back on that and said, well, if they have Bakhtiari, they probably win the Super Bowl. And that might be true, but it really bothers me when people say that because you need to expect injuries to an extent. Like an offensive line is always going to get banged up. There's always going to be issues, and you always need to expect that. So I think Packers fans hoping that you one day perfect this offensive line. I think it's a pipe dream, right? I don't think it's possible. What is a way that the Packers, for example, whether it's Rodgers or Love, how can they help best assist their quarterback other than, of course, building their own line? What are some other strategies to really make life easier? And if they, for example, found themselves in the NFC title game again without their left tackle, what can they do instead of just saying, well, you know, too bad. We'll try again next year. Hopefully Bakhtiari's healthy. Well, does uh, Danny Amendola want to come play for the Packers? I mean, he's kind of he's kind of the only good receiver left. Maybe uh, D.D. Westbrook, the former Jaguar, but he's had some other issues uh, back in college. So I don't know if everyone wants him. But Am- Amari I mean, Rogers, look, they got Amari Rogers. I do anything for you? I, and I like I like Amari Rogers. Yeah, I really do. I, I think that he's a nice little playmaker. So I mean, maybe that will help, and a receiver can help right away. The way that I look at it is like to go to a Super Bowl, you kind of need a a lot of things to go right. Like you need to have the health of your team. Like a lot of te- how many times have you ever heard of a defense that was completely banged up and lost everybody going to the Super Bowl? Like it just doesn't happen very often. And we saw it with KC last year where guys randomly get hurt and here's Patrick Mahomes with no blocking in front of him in the Super Bowl and loses. I mean, what are you going to do? Like that's the randomness of the game and it's sort of that way with Bakhtiari too. And maybe if you have them, yeah, maybe there is another play there. Maybe if you draft a wide receiver in the first round, maybe there's another, you know, another guy open in that game because Devontae Adams was you know, kind of taken out of that game for long stretches as well. Or if Matt LaFleur maybe just let Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 
at the end on fourth down. <laughs> that could also, you know, so it, it really is, it really is amazing though, you know, because the Vikings, you look at the Packers last season, and it was probably devastating to Packers fans. And you look at the Vikings, they've had a couple of those seasons, maybe four of those types of years in the last 40 seasons of Vikings football. And, you know, the Packers get two in a row where they get to go to the NFC championship game. And it's just, it's sort of funny for me to hear like what the different standards are when you have Aaron Rodgers, and this is why no matter how annoyed with Aaron Rodgers you are, you have to appreciate him. When you have Aaron Rodgers, you, you know you don't get one a decade; you get four a decade of chances yeah. to potentially go win the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I mean I, that wasn't really your question, but I'm I'm still amazed just in general that the strategy wasn't for the Packers to load up on these weapons. It just to me is is common sense, but. I guess Aaron thought so, too. No, well, whether that addresses my question or not, and I think you did, you brought it back to the beginning and you summed up that interview nicely. And, Matthew, it's just it's just pain. NFC Championship losses. And now, during this interview, Christian Yelich has been back on the injured list. So, back surgery. Now I'm worried about that. It's just, it's it's just, it's it's miserable. It's, it's, it's yeah. God. Thank, thank you, Matthew. This is a blast. This is the highlight of my day. L- lucky to talk to you, and I appreciate your work, as always. Take care. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider. This is just, this is miserable. Yelich is back on the injured list. Ah, awesome. Well, last night was fun. Got two hits out of him. That was a blast. Matthew's a good guest. That was fun. Came out firing. I think as a Vikings guy, he's like, what the hell are you guys doing over there? Why are you the way that you are? I, for the most part, agree with him. Actually, not for the most part. I do. Give Aaron Rodgers a heads up on the most basic things, and he doesn't get mad. That's a very easy compromise to make. couple of tweets to get to. Josh, I see you. I will get back to you, and we have some text to read, and we'll wrap up this Packers conversation coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show, everything is miserable. I hate everything. I'm going to go lay down in traffic. If anybody owns a large truck, uh, please swing by 2nd Street in downtown La Crosse. I will meet you out there uh, in about six minutes here. Just park outside. Uh, leave your leave your flashers on so I know how to find you. Uh, Christian Yelich is back on the injured list, which the injured list happens. Typically not a day after you come off the injured list. It's the comment about Craig Council. Uh, here's the comment. Last night told us that he's not going to be able to do this on a daily basis, and so we need to stop and completely resolve this. At this point, we don't have an answer, uh, which means, hey, back surgery. And you're probably thinking, Grant, don't speculate. Stop that. Okay, well, what else would it be? Are you going to travel to India and climb some mountain to find the answer to back ailments? It's not how that works. At least on the Packers front, it's nothing but positivity. We're on the verge of losing our other MVP. Uh, possibly for nothing if he retires, which is certainly less than ideal. A couple of tweets to get to these. Uh, Josh says, how can you not agree with me? Josh is on a tear uh, hating on Rodgers right now, which is your opinion. I'm not not dumping on you, Josh. Josh says, how can you not agree with me? He's a quarterback. That's his job. He only needs to focus on his job and be a team player, not a whiny baby. The Packers are drafting to help the team, not help Rodgers. Helping Rodgers does help the team, though. See, that this is what I don't get. Aaron Rodgers wants to win Super Bowls. The Packers want to win Super Bowls, so it would be in the Packers' best interest to help Rodgers, which they have not done at every juncture. I'm not saying they've never given him help. I'm saying they certainly haven't given him as much help 
as other organizations have given their quarterbacks. And if the options are, hey, let's let Aaron Rodgers know we might draft another quarterback, or the other option is let's lose Aaron Rodgers because he's pissed, I'm going to let him know. That that 15-minute conversation is nothing compared to uh, trying to either start Jordan Love or scrambling to get Andy friggin' Dalton so that we can get Jordan Love ready. I don't want to do that. Uh, Noah says, did you catch any fish on Tainter Lake? Uh, I went to the chip one, caught a 30-pound catfish. Yeah, the fishing opener was this weekend. I was not back on Tainter Lake, my home and uh, native land, but I will be before too long, uh, back towards the end of the month. So, Noah, here's what I'll do. I'll catch a big old fish off my dock, and I will tweet a picture at you when the day comes. Thanks for the tweets. At Wisco Grant. Uh, Mitch and Madison says, it's that lacrosse ego of Goody. <laughs> it's some kind of ego. I don't know where he got it. You know, communication majors, like myself, former communication majors, we get a lot of flack for having a fake degree. That fake degree maybe helped Goody a little bit in this instance. Um, what else do we have time for? This is a long text. Uh, this is a book. Oh, my God. I'll read that over the commercial break. Um, Mark says, perhaps I'm being naive, but I think a lot of the Aaron Rodgers drama is behind the scenes stuff. Happens all the time. It never gets out. Uh, this is all in the air and wind pudding. I've never heard that before but i love that i love that expression and i am now going to start using it thank you mark i, I see a lot of people who, who say that this is just dramatic this is overblown here's what i will tell you it's not nothing it might not be the end of the world but this is certainly real and that's why to start the show and, and we'll get back into it here in a minute or two the, the percentage that Rodgers leaves Green Bay, I'm going to say it's greater than 5%. It's not doom and gloom, but I think it's less than 50%. It's not nothing, but it's maybe not as bad as some people say. That's kind of my PSA blanket statement for everybody who thinks this is just for TV and radio ratings. Let's take a break, get back into the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and we'll get into the Brewers as well. Yelich back on IL. Uh, I'm going to go lay down in traffic. More of the Wisco Sports Show next. I got another host to come in here, so I'm done. Goodbye. Goodbye. 